Hey guys, welcome back to Remember to Floss. Remember to Floss. Remember to Floss, Rita. This Ooh. is Brandon. We have Cole in the studio sitting in the guest chair today. Yeah. He won't be saying much. No, uh, unless he decides to, you know, uh, Nope. Nope. Speech. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> first day of spring, technically, I think, is it? Or is it not? I don't even know. We uh, are, the time know, is, right? is so crazy with the, uh, the, the weather situation. Yeah. It is uh, first day of spring forward. I feel like I have jet lag. I'm super lethargic today. That sentence made no sense that I just said too, by the way. Uh, uh, time yeah. makes no sense. Uh, time in the season. Are you I sure you're okay? Because I feel like it's... you might need to take a Claritin too. Yeah. Is this a Claritin ad? Did, uh, I, did we hey, get sponsorship? I hope we get sponsored by Claritin. That shit's expensive. Is it expensive? Uh, it's like $28 if you get the ones... The good ones from behind the counter. Oh man, those are the ones that actually work. Oh, the yeah. ones that you can cook meth out of. Is that, what, is that what you're saying? This is a disclaimer that we're not here to promote people cooking meth with Claritin. Hey, well, we're trying to get sponsored by Claritin, not to get banned by Claritin. That's uh, probably. Anyways, um, yeah, it's the weather is again all over the place in Columbus this week. It was really really nice, and now it's cold and. I think our flowers outside might not come out this year because it's going to snow this weekend. But at least it's not as bad as our friends in New York. They they actually are under a blizzard watch this weekend. I did not know that. Yeah. So anyways, um, really excited about the show this week. We had um, JD or you might or J James Drakeford or you might know him as JD. Um, he used to work at Soul Classics. He managed Soul Classics. I mean, you know, Instagram strong there. Um, Instagram strong. Instagram strong, and he's also featured in this month six one four magazine. Um, his photography is and all around really cool guy. He talked about his creative process, his travels, his, you know what's next, and he was very inspiring. Um, very uh, very good. Uh, three things he would give, three pieces of advice that he would give to him, his younger self. Yeah. Uh, or in his case, pieces of advice he would give to himself currently. Yeah, which is uh, which is actually really good. How was your week this week? Uh, my week was, uh, well, you know, I, I've been inspired by by JD's, um, our conversation that we had with him uh, a little bit earlier this week. Uh, one of his pieces of advice to himself, his younger self, but I mean, let's be honest. Spoiler alert. To, to Yeah, spoiler alert a little bit, but uh, to, to his self uh, was to never get too comfortable. And I think that that, I really took that to heart. And I really feel like, um, often in both personal life, work life, uh, music life for me, um, you know, it, it's easy to get too comfortable in things. Pirate life. Pirate life? <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. I just wanted to say that. I thought it was funny. Um, so I, I think, yeah, well, if you're marauding the high seas, maybe instead of Stealing, uh, you know, one kind of boat, you decide to steal a dinghy this time or something to that effect. Yeah. I don't know. But I will say for me, um, I think sometimes I can get uh, to a place where I'm too focused on one specific thing and then I outthink myself from that thing. So I think I, this year in general, and especially after that conversation, I want to try new things. So if it, as far as the music stuff, it's trying... 
uh, new sounds that I wouldn't normally use. Mm -hmm. So if I, I have like a toy instrument, I may try to make an entire song out of that as opposed to just my standard stock stuff that I would always go to. I mean, it's always good to challenge yourself, I feel. You know, yeah. it's so easy for us these days to get complacent because... You know, we, we everybody has some kind of a routine. We get up in the morning, we shower, we get ready for work, we go to work. We're there all day from like 8 to 5, 9 to 6 or whatever, and then we leave. Some people go to the gym, some people get dinner, and we get home, have a glass of wine, watch TV, read a book, go to bed. And then mm -hmm. it just, it cycles like that over and over again for that, those five days or however many days you work in a week. And then, you know, you get to a place where like a routine is great. Like some people need a routine to get through but there has to be some, I don't know, like I, as much as I love a routine, if I'm too much into one, mm -hmm. I become a really boring person. Like I need to yeah. do something different, whether it's a, a different workout when I go to the gym and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Or, um, you know, we tried this past couple of months, we tried food delivery services because like who, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but like we find it really hard to cook every night at home and because you know we're trying to save money like and that and the hardest thing about us is that we love to eat mm -hmm. um we love to eat good food we don't you know and i hate like, to do dishes and baron hates to do dishes i've been doing dishes like since i was eight years old i'm really over it and plus so. like you know we don't have a dishwasher so like one of us has to do the dishes yeah so um it does become a little I don't know, repetitive after a couple of days when you're cooking at home at night and then you have to do dishes and you got to dry them and put them away. And then all of a sudden it's like 11 o'clock at night and you're like, well, I didn't get anything done that I wanted to do for myself. So anyways, we tried meal kit delivery services like HelloFresh and Blue Apron. And so we try to mix that up. So that's like a change in, in our routine. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think I think it's important not to be complacent, you know, whether it's professionalism or whether it's in your professional work or or professional life or your personal life. I think once once it becomes way too predictable, some people, some people, not all, some people will find it to be boring and yeah. just not challenging anymore. I always try to keep you on your toes oh, in our relationship. I know. <laughs> You really do. Sometimes in ways that you maybe would not prefer. But, uh, but like, I, I will say... Pause. What? That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, I, what is it? It's like the thing LeBron says that, like, sometimes he does a game within a game. So instead mm -hmm. of, like, he'll see how many jump shots that he can actually make without missing within a game. Even though, like, the point of the game is to actually win the game. Like you're still playing a game within the game, and I think it's it's kind of similar to this. Like we know the parameters of what we're supposed to do every day. We're supposed to eat. We're supposed to like do work and make money, and we're supposed to go to sleep and maybe have some fun in there in between. Um, or if you like your job, or if you like what you're doing, maybe you're having fun there too. But in general, that's like the parameters. And then it's like, how can you have fun within those parameters? Or not. Oh, that's interesting. Or, I never thought of it that way. Or play within those parameters, I guess, mm. to keep things interesting. Yeah. You know? That's definitely tough when you have a set amount of time. But, I mean, if Beyonce can do it, so can we. Uh, yes. Um, in, in Beyonce, all things are possible, I suppose. In Beyonce land. Um, <laughs> anyways, I was talking about a new workout plan that I'm trying. So I, I struggle with working out, and that's something that has been a problem with me. Like in my twenties, I never went to the gym. I, 
you know, I worked and then I went out, I partied a lot. Um, I never went to the gym. Like that was not mm. part of my curriculum. That was not part of my talking points. Like I never had a pair of. When you were a kid too, like, like it, you no, weren't in I mean, a we, competitive sport or anything. I like wasn't in a competitive sport. Like that wasn't, again, like I was in dance and language. I wasn't in sports. Yeah. So, you know, my, in my family, we have a history of high blood pressure and, uh, uh, diabetes and what else? Heart issues and all that really fun stuff on my dad's side of the family. So my father is really cautious about that stuff because he will probably get it if he's not careful. And he has a giant like sweet tooth and I don't know he, anything about that. Yeah. Brian doesn't know anything about that. <laughs> Uh, points to empty bag of cookies but um the point of that being is he's always warned me when i was growing up is that you can't be you know you have to watch your weight because of a b and c because i have a history of this in our family and you want to make sure you don't get that at a young age because then you won't be able to enjoy yourself and it's interesting that they felt like that but then didn't try to put you in because my mom tried to put me in every sport yeah, they Every didn't put me well, sport. but dance is like the dance was kind of like a sport. I mean, yeah. I did it, you know, every week. Yeah, maybe fair. not as often as I probably should, but you know, I was in piano and I was in ball, not ballet, but like traditional dance and also um, language. So like those were my extracurricular activities. And no, yeah. I wasn't in any sport, and I probably should have been. So my mom would like try to get me from baseball practice and like run across the like be racing in the car over to uh, sw a swim meet or something along those lines. Yeah, I wish I was like that. And made me do piano as well, which I... See, the thing about uh, my, my mom, uh, hi mom if you're listening, uh, is that she she would definitely do the... Like she would put me in things that I should... I wish <laughs> I would have continued in. Yeah. Like, and yeah. But anyway, that's a digression. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. But... Um, anyway, so growing up, like I've struggled with food a lot and, and who's delicious. It's hard, yeah, hard not to, not only that, but like, because I wasn't in any sport and PE was once a week in my school, mm -hmm. I, it wasn't again, like a big thing for me. Yeah. And so I've always struggled with my weight and so on and so forth. And then in my twenties, I wasn't really struggling with it. I was kind of enjoying it, having a good time. I would be actually I've joined a couple of gyms in my 20s and I would go like twice and then never go again and would continue to pay the gym membership. And then Classic. <clears throat> I know. And then I went back to school and obviously OSU has a really great gym. Man, yeah. So I would try to go once or twice, but I would I would be so intimidated by people that I would stop going. Really? Like, you know, I'm so I to in my head, I feel so out of shape that like when you go. I was like 28 or 27 when I went back to school. Mm -hmm. These like nubile 21 year olds that's been in like every nubile. sort of sport growing up yeah. are like doing weights and like running on the treadmill and all that fun stuff. And, and I'm looking at them going, I can't, I feel really stupid. Like, why am I here? And if any of you have been to the RPAC at Ohio State, you know what I'm talking about here. Like, it's almost like, I don't know. It's almost like they're competing at the gym. Yeah. For sure. So I used to go swim a lot because that was my one thing that... You wouldn't look. There aren't any mirrors there, over there. There aren't any mirrors, yeah. so you just go. Like, it's so weird. I mean, it, it's... And it was the one thing I did that I knew worked. Because yeah. when I was... When I graduated from high school before I started Ohio State, I had like a 10-month period where I wasn't doing anything. I took like a 
I guess like a, a, a year off. Mm. And I did nothing but like go swim like seven days a week and lost like a massive amount of weight. Mm. But that also had like to do with the food and everything. And again, like my parents, there was there was no concept of like, you know, I mean, obviously they they were really careful about the food that my dad had had to intake because of these different things that he's trying to avoid. Sure. But it was never really explained to me in those ways. So I always felt like I had to deprive myself of food mm -hmm. in order to be in the kind of weight I wanted to be in or that I thought I needed to be in. So needless to say, like, I'm still struggling, struggling with that to this day. So when Brandon and I met, we finally joined a gym together. He literally had to drag me to the gym on a very consistent basis just to get me there. I was fake training her for a minute. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't good for our relationship, though. Yeah, it wasn't, because after a while, like, I feel like I, I was starting to resent him, and I think he started to resent me, and and then we just kind of stopped doing that. But then by that point, I had gotten to enjoy the gym and liked the fact that I felt accomplished when I did go. It just yeah. got it. I needed to get there. That's the biggest That's part. always been my problem. So I started different classes and so on and so forth, and then... I injured myself, so I had to stop going. Um, I didn't have to stop going, but I just stopped going because I was injured. And I didn't want to injure myself any further because I had to be in physical therapy for like three, four months because of it. Yeah. And then we did yoga for a little bit. But yoga's, yoga studios are really expensive, and I we don't go enough to justify doing that and also paying for a gym membership. And then I found another type of workout, which I really enjoyed, but is also really expensive. And so again, I couldn't justify paying for that and also paying to go to the gym because I actually enjoy lifting weights. Yeah. So I found this girl on Instagram. I'm saying all of that to get to this point. Um, her name is Rachel Turner and her website, I think is rachelturner.com. And she, is based here in Columbus. She has something called Strong Chicks Rock. Mm -hmm. And if you go on Instagram, it's under Strong Chicks Rock. Um, and it's really, it's really interesting, actually. So I bought a six-week program from her. So she sends you either a workout schedule or, like, um, information about food. Mm -hmm. You know, like, here's what you should have on your plate on, on any given day, like, in terms of a meal. Like, some healthy fats, like avocados and, you know, whatever. And then... It's our cat's nickname. So our cat's nickname is Healthy Fats. Um, but also, like, the kind of proteins you should eat and, you know, but it's not like a meal plan. It's just like an overview of what you need to eat mm. or what you should be eating in order to sustain yourself during these workouts and also make it a lifestyle instead of, oh, I'm on an Atkins diet for six weeks. Yeah. Which I think is a really interesting way to look at it because I feel like, you know, whether it's Whole30 or Paleo or Atkins or whatever, like you're cutting something out. Sure. And I don't know about you guys, but like when I cut something out, the more I want it. Mm. Like, oh, I'm not eating carbs. Now all I want is like a big giant bowl of pasta and like 15 toasts, you know. And so I'm really enjoying what she's doing with this program because mm. the workout is every other day so far. So I started... I think it was Tuesday she sent the first thing in our, in our email and it was like a workout schedule but it's not only workouts and meal plans or whatever and but it's like an overview holistic thing for you to like learn how to understand how you are mm -hmm. 
and and learn really to love yourself, which is kind of like schmaltzy if you think about it, but it's not. Yeah. Because like we go to, we go at least for me, it's like it's I've had such a difficult go at it with my body. And it feels like sometimes, and I've told Brandon this, like, I don't like myself. Yeah. And that's a really hard thing to admit, like this, you know, in in front of a microphone is that I don't like myself and I don't mm. like the way I look. I don't like the way, you know, I don't like the way I look in my clothes right now because for whatever reason, you know, and I want to be able to like myself because I feel like that's the first step to get to wherever you need to be. Yeah, it's true. So... We are now on, I think it's like day six, and I did two of the workouts already. We need to do another one um, because, like, like I said, she's been doing it every other day. Mm-hmm. So, And they're actually really good and also quite hard. Brandon actually was courteous enough to do it with me. No, I, I mean, for me, so, you know, Rita obviously just told you her whole situation, but, I mean... Uh, and people never believe it either. Like, but I've gone through so many struggles with weight and food and all those things too. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been uh, was I was husky was the the term that was used. You were husky, and uh, I've seen pictures. It's true. Uh, I was a Buddha baby when I was a kid, so I fluctuated. Ten pounds, baby. All over the place. Like, I've been super chubby, and then I've been super skinny, and then wildly kind of fluctuate in between and as far as food for me like i love food a lot just as much as if not more so than rita does and uh i will say for me i've kind of swung unhealthily all over the place and i feel like even people who bodybuild because i I was trying to do that for a while and i was pretty Mm -hmm. good they you can ingest things that in my opinion aren't healthy too like a lot of the supplements that are out I mean, the FDA doesn't regulate them and, um, you know, who knows what's in some of them, especially some of the fat burning things. Oh um, my gosh. I, I totally, I did one of those when I was in high school. Yeah. I did, um, was it hydroxy cut? Oh, it was something else. It was another one, but mm-hmm. this was before they regulated because they had, um, speed in it. Yeah. So I remember taking two of them and I was up for literally two days. You'd have better luck doing hard drugs. Oh my really. gosh. I was so scared. <laughs> like my heart was pounding out of my chest yeah. for two days. I didn't sleep. Yeah. And no, I, I took like some kind of fat burner and it was uh, like all my veins were all raised and like, oh. I was just was like, <laughs> I felt so tense and I felt like my heart was going to explode. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Uh, and no, no, uh, but uh, I mean, th- those were, that's like in my twenties, like I was going from kind of being a little bit chubby to, I lost a bunch of weight. Now I've kind of gained some of that weight back. I mean, I think anybody who's in a relationship too, the hard thing is, Kind of the social thing when you're in a relationship, not only with both your, you know, your whoever your significant other is, but also when you're going out with your significant other to with other people is to either eat or drink or some variation on that That's theme. Very true. And so it's you're, tough. It's you're really always tough. In, like you're t- intaking things if you're trying to be a social person. Um, you know, there, it's a it's a thin line to balance, and you have to know, kind of like you know, you were talking about. Um, you think about like pasta every time that you're like, oh man, I can't eat carbs because it makes me feel like trash. Mm-hmm. So now I want all the carbs. Um, the way that I always used to do it was, and what I'm trying to get back to right now is, um, I would think more about like when I was looking at foods that I used to really love, like, you know, 
cake, cake, lasagna, cookies, uh, ice cream, plantains, <laughs> anything, man. Like it's all, like all that stuff. Um, but I would think about how I looked in the mirror and how unhappy I was, and I would I would subscribe ascribe that to uh, those foods. I'd be like, those foods make me feel like and look like that, and it makes me feel terrible. So then when I look at them, I just, I associated it with bad things. Right, right. Um, and I, I feel like that's the only way I could get around it because I do love me the foods. You do love you the foods. And I mean, so do I. And I think, I, I think that we've gotten a little better about a lot of things in terms of like, at least for me, I know now when I go out to eat, mm -hmm. I try to pick something that's not as bad. Um, it's really hard because there's a lot you know, more interesting things on the menu, but I don't want to feel like garbage the next day, which, you know, in my 20s, I was drinking a lot. I went out a lot. You know, you do things that 20 some year olds do like your body runs a lot faster than it does when you're in your 30s. Mm -hmm. So, you know, now I have two glasses of wine and I am I am done the next day. Like I'm hungover and I feel like shit. <laughs> Um, yeah. and it, it's like a wrap and I can't do anything. Mm -hmm. And when I was in my twenties, that was not the case. Like I could go out drinking all night, still get up the next morning, go to work. And like, yeah, I might be a little hungover, but like, you know, I have a cheeseburger and then I'm fine. And now it doesn't work that way. And I think like, I, I have to get used to this body, my 30 some year old body to, to know that, yeah, you can still have a glass of wine, but know that if you have more than a certain amount, you're not going to be able to function the correct way the next day. Or, mm -hmm. yeah, you can have that bowl of pasta, but maybe have it in the middle of the day where you're still like running around the whole day that you're not just like sitting on the couch afterwards and yeah. just letting it sit and maybe not get, you know, regular pasta. Because the other thing, too, which I've just, you know, I've finally realized in my mid-30s is that I might be allergic to gluten. And I know that's like... People are, you know, people are not allergic to gluten and, mm -hmm. and that's not a real thing. But I mean, it, I feel like it is like, I know for me, if I eat regular pasta or regular bread or mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know what else that I eat, but I literally feel like my stomach's completely distended afterwards. And I know yeah. that's so gross, you guys, but it's true. And then when I don't eat it, when I go and just get like a salad from Chipotle instead of rice, I'm fine. Yeah. So like slowly but surely understanding what my body can and cannot process anymore is has also been a struggle. So on top of all that other stuff about insecurities about my body, I'm also having trying to figure out what I can and cannot eat anymore. Yeah. And it is the hardest thing because again, like I love food. We love ramen, but the the noodles that they use it fucks with me so hard. And she can't eat and, the regular And the I can't eat the gluten-free ones cuz they taste like shit. Like, yeah. it's so, it's so sad. It's so, so sad. We're gonna have to get something else on the menu, I guess. I know, it's just, it's really frustrating. So, anyways, I'm trying this new, uh, I don't wanna say it's a work, I, I feel like she, it's not just a workout plan. It's a, it's a lifestyle plan, basically. You're slowly mm -hmm. changing the way you look at food, the way you look at your meals, the way you work out, the way you look at yourself, really. And I think that it'll be really interesting when we do get to talk to her to kind of understand how she got to where she is today, like in terms of her relationship with food and why she decided to do this for other people, which I think is really cool, you know. Yeah. So anyways, I'll report back on um, 
on the Strong Chicks Rock program. And we'll try to get Rachel on the podcast here in the next couple of weeks. And yeah, but Brandon, do you have anything to add to that? No, man, I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully making progress with you on that. Like, I I think that um, for me, it's a good switch up. Like I when I was uh, younger, it was all just like heavy weights and and how much could I I mean, I love heavy weights, though, which are great. But I mean, for mobility purposes, it's good to um, to switch it up. Yeah. Like for your joints and to save your back and knees and that kind of stuff, which I'm super thinking about now nowadays. Man, being in your 30s, like your body's just like, nope, can't do that. Nope, can't do that. Nope, slow down. And I hate to ascribe things to to age, but I mean, by the same token, I think it's just it helps you set good building blocks for the rest of your life. Because we see people at the gym that are stupid jacked and have to be at least like 60. Well, there's a there is this lady that her I think it's like an article that's circulating around the internet right now, or at least on Facebook. But mm-hmm. she's like 80 years old and she's a CrossFit athlete. Yeah, I mean she looks she looks amazing and she doesn't look her age at all because of you know like she takes care she takes care of herself and that's where I want to be too. You know, hopefully, God willing, I get to that age that I'm not you know overweight and sad. Like I want to be able to be healthy and. And still, you know, walk 10 miles or whatever, you know, whatever it is that people do. And- For me, it's the important the important piece is to be able to, like, when you're older, you can still do the things that you enjoy to do. And yeah. you don't feel like you're just sitting waiting, waiting for death. Yeah. I think that, you know, if you can make sure... Uh, that you have the energy level because for me like it's always it's been an energy level thing too it's it's been oh, a breath control thing I mean if you're talking about the music stuff mm-hmm. um, it's if you don't if you're if you're not furthering yourself there you know you're you're going to lose in other ways as well yeah so, no for sure yeah. for sure food is food is difficult for us because there I mean going back to like how I feel afterwards, you know, when I, when I'm not watching what I eat Mm. every time after a meal, I get really tired and then I don't get anything done. And then like the whole day is shot as well. So like still trying to figure that out, which is super fun. Um, yeah, but if you guys have any struggles with like food or, you know, if you're trying something like some sort of exercise or a meal plan that you really like, I'm always open to that stuff because I feel I feel like the more we try different things, the more we're not complacent with our meals, the better we are with um with our progress in terms of in terms of where we want to be with our health and, you know, the way we look and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh so yeah, so definitely email those if you have it, you know, if you have something that you're like, wow, they should probably try this. This has been really working for me. Mm-hmm. It's um email it to remember to floss blog at gmail.com i'm still working on the other one how's that email coming i still have to check it today um so we remember to floss blog at gmail.com um feel free to email us that stuff or if you have your own struggles with food and exercise and and you haven't found you know you haven't found something that works for you that's cool too like i'm always interested in hearing people's stories and and um, maybe maybe we can all help each other and, and kind of making our way through it. Okay, so coming up after we've like talked ourselves to death about workouts and, and food, we're going to talk to JD about something about food too. Like he, ta- he, you know, the man loves food as well. 
Um, vegan state of mind, right? Ve- you know, hashtag vegan state of mind. And we're going to talk about his creative process, about his art, about his journey so far, and where he's going next. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you so much. Okay, remember to floss this week. We have a very special guest in the studio. I say this every week, but you, you know, they're all special to me. I know, hey. <laughs> You know, uh, that's that's great. Everybody's special in their own way. That's true. Right? We have um, James Drakeford, aka Mr. King JD, in the building. Yeah. What's going Welcome. on, JD? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing. Yeah, Fre- man. Fresh off of his trip from New York. A, a quick little little jaunt. Quick little trip. Yeah. Did you shoot a lot? Um, I didn't shoot as much as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I shot with one friend. I believe you know him, Otis. Oh, I love Otis. Yeah, met up with Otis for a little bit, and uh, we took some portraits, which was cool. The rest of the photos I took were just kind of just from being out and about and seeing cool things. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Sometimes I go on trips, and like in my mind, I have these visions, and I'm like, oh man, I want to take a picture of this and that and the yeah. other. And when you get there, like it just doesn't feel the same way. So I didn't really end up taking as many pictures as I thought I would. Do you shoot when you travel? Do you shoot more with your camera, with your SLR, or do you shoot with your iPhone? Usually more with my phone for okay. sure, just because it's easier. Mm-hmm. Like with my camera, I only use two lenses, and both of them are fixed, so. You know, if I have on a 24 millimeter and I want to take a picture of something that's up close or something that's far away, Mm -hmm. sometimes I can't really do that unless I change my lens, which takes a little bit of time. So it's easier just to, you know, use a point and shoot iPhone to take pictures of things on the go. Mm -hmm. Do you find this is this is just like a really before we get into the nitty gritty. I'm always Mm -hmm. curious for especially for photographers that, you know, you do a lot of work with your camera, but you also travel a lot and you have to travel with your gear and stuff. And I'm always curious is that, do you prefer shooting with your iPhone when you travel or do you wish that you could have more time and shoot with your gear? Interesting question. Because um, she debates, she has an SLR. Yeah. Like I bought her one for Christmas yeah. one year and I've, she's used it like once. Cause <laughs> she always, no, she just always has yeah. a phone. Yeah. So it's like, right, and right. it's heavy. It's it's pretty annoying. I'm it not is pretty lie. annoying. Like, walking around multiple miles in New York, mm-hmm. my shoulders were hurting from carrying the camera camera bag with a couple lenses. So mm-hmm. it's definitely like a commitment, unfortunately. But a lot like when I don't have it with me, I feel like I miss certain opportunities that you know a phone just can't do the same thing that a real camera can. So I like to have both with me if I can, if it doesn't take up too much space. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I won't take like extra lenses or anything. I'll just have my camera with one lens and go with that and hope it works out. Yeah, pretty much. But which one do I prefer more? If I know I'm not going to have much time to like stop and really take a picture, my phone, of course. But if I'm going to be at like um, a public event or something along those lines, I like having my camera because I can just kind of like spy on people with my. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. Is that the life of a photographer? That sounds mad creepy to a lot of people watching. 
It's yeah. a, it's it's fun, and no, people always think that you're taking pictures of them, so it doesn't matter. Is this something like even when you don't have your camera that you find occurs, like you, that you start watching other people? Because I will mm-hmm. say, being in a relationship with her, sometimes it's hard because it's like she sometimes <laughs> is very focused on the goings on mm-hmm. of the room, yeah. and I'm like. I am literally five feet from you. I like, know, but right it's here. so interesting. Right yeah, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Observing. I, I try not to do that when I'm with people, but mm-hmm. it's hard. I, I don't yeah. I don't I won't feel comfortable like not looking at what's going on around me. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but like if there were people in here, like there were people walking by, I would be watching them. And <laughs> see. Yeah. See. Hey. I'm gonna say, um And I'm like a a huge Jason Bourne fan, so I feel like it's my duty to kind right, of secure the alert, room. Just like gotta secure the room. Nice. Somewhere I wanna nice. I wanna she, know she where everybody is and what's going on. Cause like I won't sit. I don't like sitting with my back to the entrance. Yeah. Is that that's insane? But I don't usually. I don't do that I don't, either. I don't like that. I usually I have like to have my back against the wall yeah. and or be in a position where basically no one is behind me. Yeah. yeah. Or can sneak up on you or whatever. Again, Jason you Bourne style. You know, you don't want anybody to like <laughs> snap in your exactly. neck or anything like that. But see, no, that's completely crazy. But yeah, okay. that is completely crazy. Anyways, so like rewind from your trip to New York. Um, we just talked about this, but JD and I both graduated college the same year, summer of 2011. Mm-hmm. And you graduated with a physical education um major mm-hmm. so how did that go from graduating with that and mm-hmm. then you you then worked for soul classics for how long um i guess all together probably six six years at least i would say yeah and you mm-hmm. and you did a lot you didn't just work there you did mm-hmm. their social media obviously you did did you do most of their buying too I wouldn't say most. It's kind of like a buying team. Okay. It's like uh, myself, Deontay, and Dez. We work together. Um, I gave a lot of input. You know, Deontay, he makes the final decision since mm-hmm. he's the owner. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, definitely did. I helped out a lot with the buying for sure. Right. So how did you go from what you majored in mm-hmm. to where to then where you went for six years? Gotcha. Well... When I graduated, I I pretty much completely planned on teaching, and but I graduated at a time, it was like a bad time for teachers. Like when you graduate in the summer, mm-hmm. you can't really teach in the fall because it's too soon and schools, if they were hiring, they've already hired. So I couldn't just graduate and find a teaching job. And then I was going to begin subbing to kind of get my foot in the door that's what most people do and that was supposed to be an easy transfer i don't know if i filled out the application wrong or <laughs> if subconsciously they just didn't right. pick me but i filled out a couple applications and never got any calls back or email so i'm like what the heck is going on so then yeah. i kind of lost patience and just ended up picking up more hours at soul classics and Photography at this point was, it was definitely still just a hobby. I don't, I wasn't even taking pictures at Soul Classics yet Mm -hmm. when I graduated from Ohio State. So I started working more hours at Soul Classics and I had a few other jobs, 
before I started managing Soul Classics. Most mm -hmm. people don't really know about them, but like there's a company called ViaQuest and they did, um, it was basically a behavioral health company. So okay. Okay. I work with behaviorally challenged children. I don't know, it's weird terminology, but wow. basically what somebody else would call it, bad kids or mm -hmm. problem kids that um, had trouble in school or had trouble in society and didn't really have family to kind of fall back on or to live with. So it was like a group home setting. Okay. I worked mm. there for almost a year. And I also worked with ViaQuest for a, what was the other one? It was called Quest for Independence, which was, that was for like um, mentally challenged adults that mm -hmm. couldn't live by themselves. We kind of worked with them to nurture uh, lifestyle skills so they could be more independent. Right. So I did that for like two years before only doing soul classics. Those are very difficult, like additional jobs. Mm -hmm. I, I can only it imagine. It was really challenging. Yeah. I'm sure it was. Did you ever think that that would be, did you ever think you would just do that? Like the the Viacast the ViaQuest stuff, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Before you before you decided to go to Soul Classics full time, no, it was always kind of a temporary thing. Honestly, um, I did enjoy working with the youth. I do feel like that's always going to be a part of what I do, or mm -hmm. I want to find some way to make that a part of what I do. So mm -hmm. I didn't mind that, but that particular job, like of working in group homes, wasn't something that I planned on doing for a long time okay mm. so you went to you you went full-time at soul classics and started managing and then you started doing their social media and mm -hmm. um and photographing product as well and yeah. which has landed on different blogs online and mm -hmm. also congratulations on um being featured in 614 Thank this you. month yeah which is awesome and that i haven't great. been able we haven't been able to find a copy yeah it's just weirdly. been out everywhere so far so yeah. They're all on High Street, mostly. Oh, are they? Is. Yeah, we can't High find them. I actually saw them at uh, Super Chefs in Gehanna, so. Really? Because cool. our yeah. gym on Parsons normally always has 614 Magazine, and they mm -hmm. didn't have any today. But anyway, congratulations yeah. on that. Thank yeah. you. So then, um, six year, here we are six years later, and mm -hmm. you made an announcement, I think a couple months ago, that you were kind of taking a step back, mm -hmm. which is weird, because I always think of you as the face of Soul Classics up to this point. Like, mm -hmm. you're always kind of front and center, yeah. and you represent that brand so well. So what made you decide that this was, you needed to take a step back, and, and what were what are your plans next, I guess? Um, I, My decision was based on a few different things, mm -hmm. a couple of things, might be a little private that I don't want to speak That's about. That's totally just because fine. Okay. <laughs> it's not like some people hit, like some friends hit me up like, like, yo, what happened? I'm like, nothing happened. They're like, no, for real, what happened? Like, did y'all fall out? I'm like, no, it's nothing like that at all. Mm -hmm. um, everybody at Soul Classics is like family to me. So it was never, you know, no betrayal or no Yeah, it was, a, it was no drama. Yeah, no drama at all. But... Um, it was just, I had been there for several years and worked really hard and with it being a small business and myself not being the owner, you know, my work 
is only going to get me so much personally. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. my work is going to benefit Soul Classics more than it's going to benefit me in a way, which I don't have any hard feelings about that. You know, that's that's a business structure. That's how it works. And I didn't have a problem with that. But at the same time, I'm getting older and I have a lot of personal aspirations and just being at the store five days a week, all day, it takes up a lot of free time and running social media. That's basically a seven days a week job. So not yeah. only was I in the store five days a week, all day, um, you know, on my off days, Sundays and Mondays, You're I'm on Instagram, right? I'm on Twitter or might be shooting, like always busy doing something. So it just took up a lot of my time and I wanted to, after, like I said, after several years, I just felt like I had to take the leap sooner than later. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, so what that you said, was it seven years? Is that correct? How long were you with them? About, About seven. seven. I mean, how long has it been since we graduated? What is that? Six? Yeah. Well, yeah, six right. years. That's weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm yeah, saying like, like, it's been seven years. Most people, their, the job that they have out of, out of college, they do not have for seven years. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. like. It's kind of an extension of that, too, especially if you were kind of working with them through college. It's rare to have worked with one company for that long. Mm -hmm. So, I especially mean, especially in retail. Yeah. I mean, I've been in retail for 15 years um, and man, you worked with everybody. During I that have. Time. And I think the cool thing about working in retail is that you get to meet all these people and you get to learn the trade and you get, you know, those people become your family. But yeah. after a while, if you don't own the business, there's only so much, like you said, there's only so much you can get out of it. And there's only yeah. so much more you can do. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you decided to leave. So do you, are you still doing stuff for soul classics yeah. or is it just like you're, you're I, done? I like the situation right now because mm -hmm. I still do a lot of work with soul classics and I'm, they're basically like, you could look at it like they're a client of mine or they're like someone that I work with. So once a week I do, photography for them mm -hmm. um i guess they call it a retainer terminology but um <laughs> yeah so i work with them once a week and do asset photography or lifestyle photography for either social media or for the website mm -hmm. um it could be like stuff with models or just creative um photos with shoes and i'm still helping out with the buying as well so you're not totally I'm still done. very affiliated. Mm -hmm. I'm just not there on the day the to store. day. Yeah. Yeah. Which which is perfect for me because it's it's not something that I dislike doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't dislike working at Soul Classics. I just really wanted more availability and to kind of free up other opportunities. So I feel like I have that now. Was that a scary was that a scary leap for you or were you just like, you know, I got to do this right now? It was scary because I don't really I don't really have a backup plan. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't fear too much because I believe in my talent, my abilities mm -hmm. and I do have a degree. So it's like somebody with a degree should be able to make a living working if that's what they choose to do. Right. So it's come to worse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. I don't really. I don't worry too much, but it was still, it was difficult. I think it was more, more from like a personal or emotional um, standpoint because 
that's like the that's the longest job I've ever had. And I work so closely with Deontay and everybody else that has been mm-hmm. working with Soul Classic. So it was kind of like a, a weird breakup. So it's a small family. It was difficult. Yeah, I mean, because it's not like working at a corporate job, you don't get to know the owner of mm-hmm. Nationwide. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's not like you're not you're not working with him on a close personal basis. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, but I'm I'm sure in that way, like anybody in, involved with that can't be mad at that decision because obviously you have other ambitions outside of just managing a, a you know, a, a soul classics. Right? Yeah, a boutique, a boutique situation. Yeah, yeah. I it felt like. Like I hate letting people down, and it yeah. felt like by me doing this, I was gonna let people down, which was difficult. Yeah. But then I just, you know, I just had to decide that it was the right decision. Is it letting you down by not doing that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's yeah. the most important situation too. Definitely. Um, well, like more fun conversation. Like one of the things that I always really respected about you guys, not only from the fact that like Rita and I always talk about this in terms of not just local stories, but stories, period, telling mm-hmm. a story. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys, or Soul Classics, tells a story really well. And with the social media and everything, like, I, I thought the the genius thing as far as you guys doing the um, the easy backdoor thing, because mm-hmm. it's kind of like a sub at people in the Instagram comments. Right. But by the same token, it's just oh, like you were really amused with that. I, I still think it's like the <laughs> you most... You were so amused That was one of the, I laughed the most fun so releases that we've had. Yeah. It yeah. looked cool, man. Yeah, everybody... Everybody enjoyed it. Um, we didn't get too many complaints about that. <laughs> Got good reviews. Um, that one was on a lot of blogs too. But yeah, yeah we did yeah, see that on a lot we, of blogs. Like, I think it was Rail, Dez, and Deontay and myself. We were in a meeting. Uh, we have a weekly meeting on. It used to be on Wednesdays, and we were talking about trying to do something for the Yeezy release. And then I think mm-hmm. Rail was kind of like, we should sell them all back door and like at first we just laughed like lol that's funny like mm. that's stupid and then we were like wait this is like let's really do it yeah and yeah. Deontay was like he got super excited and he was like i'm going to lowe's in the morning so he went to lowe's and like bought some um i don't know what he bought plywood or something like mm. that and like cut out a hole and like really made that's uh, awesome. A fake sliding door. It was amazing. For the release over the weekend. I mean, but that, like, just again speaks to, like, the way that even when you guys were right next to um, Milk Bar, Bar. Mm-hmm. like, you guys were still telling the story in terms of the way you were merchandising stuff. Yeah. And, and like, I appreciate, like, another company that does it well is um, uh, Tiger Tree around yeah. here. Like, they said, t- yeah, they're pretty good. Diff- different story, but, like, still a really. It's like, a really cohesive. Yeah. Like, you can tell somebody thinking about things, yeah. which is, is mm-hmm. always a really cool thing to see. Yeah. But, like, to that end, too, you guys have designed, or you, you personally had your hands in a couple of shoes, too, which is amazing. Yeah. And, like, the Vans collaboration. What, what was that whole process like? What's designing a shoe like? Because it's something I've yeah. fantasized about. I yeah. made her a pair of shoes for a Christmas one year, <laughs> but, like, I never got to, like, work yeah. with Phil Knight on some stuff. So. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, it's so much that goes into it. Mm. I don't know where to start, but it's definitely great. It's it's probably as cool as you think it would be. <laughs> you just kind of you get to sit down and look at all the different possible materials and mm. colors of the materials. And the most fun part is also coming up with a story 
for the shoe mm-hmm. and figuring out how you're going to tell, you know, that story with materials and colors. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it's abstract, but that's the challenge that makes it fun. But I'm sure, you know, like when you get to customize something and mm-hmm. kind of make it your own, that makes it mean a hundred times more. Yeah. So yeah. all of the soul classics collaborations with Vans, like those mean a lot to me. And it's just something that's great to have. Yeah. And like, I'll probably never give them away. So, as you shouldn't. You yeah. should those for Any, do you have a favorite one of all? You have four now, right? Is it four or uh, three collaborations? I think it's it's four or five. Oh wow! Yeah, I think it's, you a, it's a few. Yeah, it's yeah, a, you yeah. Got Carmen, uh huh, the Skate High, the Style Thirty Six, the Half Cab, and then we did a Runner. So five. I didn't know you guys did. Oh, runner. I didn't. Yeah, I missed the, blue, the Runner. It was no, I didn't miss the Runner. Like, uh, I know exactly kitschy what it is. story. It was like a, they were all blue. It was the first time Vans had uh, re-released their running shoe from way back when. And I think they selected five stores in the country to launch it. Mm -hmm. So I think it was Us, Blends, Proper, Barney's. Bodega was supposed to, I don't know, I think Bodega dropped out. But there were only a few stores that got to design a pair to launch before they ended up releasing them to the public. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That was pretty cool. So uh, of five of the ones that you've had your hands in, mm-hmm. is there like a favorite of yours? They're like your children. Do you have a favorite? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Which one is your favorite child? It's tough to have a favorite. I feel like the the Carmen is a favorite for most people just because that was the first one and everybody loved it and it was kind of it took everybody kind of by storm because it was like we had never done a collaboration mm-hmm. and you know there's nothing like the first one so that's that I don't know I'm just getting ready to go down the list and say why all of them are great <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like the ones that are different for me would be the style 36 the SC flyer because I I got an opportunity to do the most of the designing on that one yeah because it was inspired by the Wright brothers and being from Dayton Ohio mm-hmm. I like that was a great show. Yeah. if I could really do that one and he pretty much let me so that was cool and then the ten year half cab was fun because that one was just super wild and has a lot of interesting details so maybe those two of my special favorites so you still have all five right i mean i know recently you've emptied out your shoe mm-hmm. closet so those Trying are what the five that you've kept amongst others maybe that you're holding back yeah definitely have all of those <laughs> couple, yeah, you're not, couple not doubles have to <laughs> pry those from his cold dead hands in that case um uh, no but like so again that speaks to like storytelling so you, you uh, that seems to be a common thread maybe you disagree or agree mm-hmm. but like with your um with both the photography and what you guys were doing in the store at soul classics and also the shoes themselves like do you have you always thought of yourself as a storyteller is that like really what you think of yourself as or is that just something that has happened through all of your creative pursuits mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know you don't I'm have not, to answer that one i'm not that to. good at defining myself because yeah. like yeah. when i try to define myself i feel like i contradict myself at the same time but that's fair 
uh i love to tell stories it's mm. like i love to tell stories i don't know if i can call myself like a great storyteller mm. but if like i it, say you have a story mm. like if i take your picture i want my pictures to speak to whatever your story is so if your story is about hardship then you know i want my photos of you to kind of speak to that hardship and kind of convey that message or if you know if your story is about triumph or enjoy i want people to feel that through the photo that i take so mm. if it's photography that's kind of how i approach it or if it's shoes you know i try to tell the story through the materials and the colors you know i want to have the visual speak to you mm. so i guess I could be like a visual storyteller, not so much an actual what was that? A verbal. auditory. Yeah, yeah. yeah verbal right. storytelling. Well, speaking of storytelling, you did a photo photojournalism project called Black Innocence a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about that and what prompted you to do that? Because the pictures are are beautiful. Thank you. That one, it was inspired by just constantly seeing negative images of black Americans or African Americans and not only just seeing negative images, but just constantly kind of being attached to negativity or, you know, bad stigmas. And mm -hmm. I wanted to visually put something out there that said something else, something that made you feel at ease instead of defensive because I feel like that's kind of how you feel when you see a lot of images of black Americans in social media or on the news. It's kind of a, I don't know. I don't, I'm tired of like the, the menacing images or the, um, the, what's the word I'm looking for? just anything negative like anything that makes you uncomfortable or fearful mm -hmm. like a lot of times as a a black man i feel like people are fearful of myself or other people that are like me and you know that gets annoying so i wanted to do something that was the opposite of fearful it was joyful mm -hmm. and you know it was loving and it was positive okay. so i took photos of african-american youth in the wineland park area and it was all candid um i wanted it to be as natural as possible like nothing that was orchestrated or phony you know i wanted the photos to be real so that you know authenticity was the most important right. thing for me mm -hmm. so it's like i'm not saying that i'm not saying like you know don't fear black people because we're like putting together a production to make you feel comfortable like it's not a production it is what it is like right you shouldn't fear these people or yeah. you shouldn't fear us because we're not to be feared how long did that shoot take i worked on it for a long time actually it was kind of i had a lot of fears to get over because um I guess you could say I'm shy or I'm not that outgoing to where I just like to walk up to strangers and mm -hmm. talk to them. So mm -hmm. I had to get over a lot of fear of 
taking photos of people I don't know or talking to kids' parents and asking them for permission and things like that. So it took a few months. Um, and then, you know, like when you wake up and you don't have to do something, it's kind of hard sometimes to make yourself do it. It's like, okay, I could take photos today, but I don't have to. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll, I'll worry chefs. about, yeah, I'll worry about taking the photos next week. Mm-hmm. And then when next week comes up, it's raining. Yeah. So then yeah. you don't take them next week. And then the next week, maybe you're, you're not comfortable again. So you don't do it. Mm-hmm. You plan on doing it again. Something else comes up. Maybe you have to go out of town. So it took a couple months to to complete it completely finish everything and to get out and take all the photos did you have to get like signed consent or anything like that i did i had the the parents sign a little form that i made where i just had their contact and their permission to use the photos in a gallery and whatnot Mm -hmm. that's That's awesome and those are all actually right now for are they on sale did you put those up for sale those ones i did not i was actually planning on selling some during Black History Month, mm-hmm. but my computer went down on me. Oh, so man. That I is the worst. <laughs> like, I still have the photos, but I wanted to do something special with the photos. Like, I wanted to re-edit them in a certain way, but I couldn't edit photos for a few weeks last month, so mm. it kind of pushed everything back. There's nothing worse than, like, your one primary computer, either. Mm-hmm. Ours got stolen, and then... Yeah, that's bad. But, you know, or just broken. That just, that's the worst. Because, like, nothing gets done after that. Yeah. Um, at least for a while. Yeah, at least for a while. So, are you, do you think you'll plan to maybe compile those pictures into, like, a book to be able to be sold? Like, a coffee table book of some mm-hmm. sort? I honestly, I don't think about no. selling those pictures too often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine asked me if I was going to sell them and that's what made me think of selling some during Black History Month. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't really think about selling that project too not often. To not sold. to say that I never will, but yeah. it's not something that I think about often or something that I'm really planning to do. Mm-hmm. But it it is still up on my website, mm-hmm. jamesdrakeford.com for viewing. Yeah, they're, they are very beautiful. Speaking of book projects, you're a part of the Columbus Book Projects, is that right? Mm-hmm. So I've heard a lot about this, but I'm not really sure what it is. So, yeah. <laughs> and and I'm like, who's doing this project? But I know you're attached to it somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, who's doing it? That's an easy question. I have an answer for that. Uh, her name is Alexia Winfield. Okay. She's really good. <clears throat> She's been working on the book for a few years. Uh, she mentioned the idea to me, I want to say at least three years ago Mm -hmm. and it was kind of it was ground level and she asked me to kind of be a part of it before she had the whole idea together and I was just kind of like I don't know like we'll see because so many people come to me with different ideas or different plans and it's like I can't really commit to everything yeah I can't really get too involved with it until it's really time so a couple years went by <clears throat> and the next time she approached me, she had a complete outline. She had a blueprint for everything. She had some investors. She had a design team, photography team. Wow. Like she had everything. So I was like, this looks great. Like, 
Let's do it. When do we start? So what is it? That's actually something that we're working on defining mm -hmm. because it, the book, honestly, it includes so much that we can't call it just one thing. Like we can't call it an art book. We can't just call it a fashion book. It's not just a book about neighborhoods. It's a little bit of, I would say it's like a, a taste of Columbus. Mm -hmm. So it has a lot of stuff from Columbus art scene, from mm -hmm. the fashion scene, from the food scene. There's stuff from the music scene. There's a little bit about Columbus neighborhoods, but it's based, it's literally for me, this isn't official, but like I said, it's like a taste of Columbus. So anything cool about Columbus, you know, we tried to touch on. That's so, nice. Right on. Mm -hmm. Is that so that's that project is still ongoing? Yes. Pretty much all of the shoots have been done mm -hmm. right now. They're um, we're mostly just waiting on the writers and the designers to finish laying out the book. Mm -hmm. We have to do a lot of some cutting and subtracting or not cutting and subtracting, but cutting and adding uh, more cutting than adding, because right now I think we're on pace for like. 600 pages or oh, something damn. crazy. <laughs> wow. And it's only, it's going to be, I want to say between 200 and 250 pages. So That's pretty cool. we're going to have to cut a lot of things down, but I mean, it's a, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. To Too have. much content is better than yeah. not enough. Right, so, right. Yeah. A lot of options. Yeah. Speaking of, I'm really, I'm getting really good at segues. Um, I feel it. I you also do uh the culture talk series mm -hmm. which we haven't been fortunate enough to go like i feel like every time you do one we're not we're either it's like is it sundays. today Are you on sundays we literally? unfortunately usually it's either i'm editing this now yeah. or like ralph and kareem are over here watching mm -hmm. wrestling which gotcha. shout out to ralph and kareem <laughs> uh, or like you know it's just it's dumb things have popped up every right, time right. but we, we got to make time or either either mm -hmm. that we've completely forgotten about it and we're like yeah. oh is that today yeah. but anyways um if you want to talk a little bit about culture talks you had I think four now. Yeah. Um, the first one was at Fox in the snow. And mm -hmm. then you had one at the Wexner Center mm -hmm. and then one at Mint. And then the last one was at the library. Yeah. There was and one in Chicago too. Oh, cool. One, oh man. Yeah. Okay. Right on. So what, what's the idea behind culture talks? The idea behind the culture talk event is just creating an atmosphere for, people of color to to talk about things off the internet and to talk about things not in public but amongst each other to kind of come to a more a more unified opinion or more unified direction mm -hmm. um it was inspired by like a one-on-one -on -one conversation that i had with a friend and from that conversation with my friend, I left, you know, inspired. Um, we talked about current topics. We talked about culture. We talked about personal issues. It was just a good, like, reset for me, like, to, to have that good dialogue with someone that I respect and trust. It kind of, when I left that conversation, I was motivated and I was a little bit um, better directed. So... I feel like I want this feeling more often for myself and I also feel like it's good for others. So why not organize an event for us to come together and to talk about 
these current topics that affect all of us in one way or another. And from the talks, um, a lot of people have connected with each other that weren't connected before. Mm -hmm. And I know I've heard a lot of things from people that I would have, I wouldn't have thought by myself. So I've learned a lot, learned a lot of insight and just kind of, it's broadened my perspective in a lot of ways. Very that's cool. great. Very cool. And I mean, that's, that's kind of the reason like why we started the podcast partially again, like we kind of told you before we even cut on air, mm -hmm. um, it's to learn things Yeah. like, and I feel like that you're kind of letting that guide or you're, you're wanting things to exist in the world. So you're mm -hmm. creating things. And I think that that's so cool that like you see a need for something and then like you actually do it because often what people will do is they'll be like, man, there should be these things that exist or there should right, be right. this representation and then nothing gets done because yeah. then they just let that yeah. go and do something else. I, I like to use like a simple example of something that kind of opened my eyes during one of the culture talks. We were talking about like the recent influx of like slave movies and mm. a lot of people have mixed opinions about them. You know, a lot of black people say they're tired of seeing them and they don't want to see them anymore. And they feel like it makes us look weak or something or that, you know, they're just tired of that imagery. Right. And, you know, I was kind of on that side. It's like, I don't need to see it. I know that history. And from there, a lot of people kind of, you know, they push that message like we don't need this. Let's stop doing it. And then someone else brought up a good point. It's like, you know, how can you as one person tell other people that we don't need something when, a lot of people haven't heard these stories. A lot of people don't know about our history as slaves in America. And it's like, that's very true. You can't really speak, you know, just from your perspective on how something affects you to everyone, because some people might need it, even though you don't, you know, everyone's not on the same level. And that was like a, a simple example, but it, it kind of made me think about everything else in a, in a broader way. It's like, it's not just about what it does for me or my family. You know, there are other families that might have a completely different need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. And uh, just to piggyback off of that, I think it's, it's one thing for that, but then it's also, um, but why it's kind of like the radio too, just speaking from mm -hmm. that perspective as a musician, like, Yes, there is this one perspective and this one perspective needs to be put forward. But then there are also all these other perspectives mm -hmm. that should be put forward. Yeah. Like there was at the same time, there was N.W.A., De La Soul, mm -hmm. uh, Public Enemy, like Tribe. Like there was right, all right. these different artists that existed in the same time span. And you could say any of those guys would be on radio, uh, which may be revisionist history. But I wasn't mm -hmm. really cognizant or alive almost during that time period. Yeah. So whatever. But I'm saying like those that perspective or that spectrum existed. Mm -hmm. And I think what maybe the the people that were complaining about that was maybe a little bit more spectrum would yeah. be nice in that area. Yeah, exactly. But hey, it is what it is. <laughs> Do you plan on doing more more of the culture talks? Yeah, definitely. Um, there I have some friends in New York that are trying to put one together there. I want to do one in Detroit sometime soon. That's cool. I'm planning another for Columbus, hopefully at the end of March. If not at the end of March, 
a little bit later, <laughs> but uh, hopefully within the within the next month, definitely. Right cool. It's in the works. Do you, is there is there are there different topics that you guys have for each of these? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually there's a different topic or theme for each of them. Mm-hmm. The last one we did was more so like an open mic, just kind of open floor, just for people to come and bring up whatever they had on their mind, which was cool. But the previous ones. We've all kind of had like a, a central theme. Right on. Sometimes focus is good in those cases. Yeah, you yeah. definitely <laughs> definitely have to focus in. And then once like good dialogue gets going, mm. we always seem to run out of time and wish that it was more centered so we didn't kind of go off on tangents. So yeah. it's necessary. Yeah. So now what? for you i guess like you now you're you don't have a day-to-day anymore right you don't have you don't mm. have to go into a shop anymore nope i just wake up <laughs> wake up and do whatever i does that feel weird that i swear to god like if i ever get to that point it's gonna feel kind of weird not to it's very weird like a lot of times i forget like what day it is <clears throat> like when you don't go to work you really lose like the the concept of Time. weekdays and because yeah. every day a, a Monday is no different from a Saturday or a Saturday is no different from a Wednesday. So you don't delineate your projects in that way. Like even as is, cause I mean, you kind of just have to make it happen. Not really. I, I honestly, I try to, I try to look at every day as a work day or okay. every day. I need to get more organized, but every day as we all as, do. As I think as about, all. <laughs> like I think about, what I need to get done. And at the end of the day, like I definitely make sure that I did something progressive each day towards the things that you're wanting to get done. Right. Yeah. yeah. Any future projects that you're excited about right now or yeah, I'm working <laughs> on a couple photo projects that Very cool. hopefully will be ready by summertime. Travel. Uh, I don't really have any trips planned. I'm going to Chicago soon for like a a Nike meeting for Soul Classics. Like again, like I said, I help out with the buying a lot. So a quarterly Nike meeting is coming up, but that's not really that's not really travel. I'll take some pictures just because I'm there yeah. and then everybody will think God, that I what was is like a... on vacation or something. But <laughs> it's just a quick trip to, yeah. to do some work really. That's mm-hmm. cool though. A quarterly Nike meeting. That yeah. Just look at, you know, a bunch of shoes that are coming out in the future. Yeah. It's fun. It's not that much fun when you've done it a few times. Like the first <laughs> time it's like, wow, we're at the uh, Nike. Nike headquarters yeah. in Chicago. It's cool. But then it becomes just like a, a It's meeting. work. Yeah. yeah. It is it's work. just work. But I mean, I can't complain too much. It's, I like, what, like you're trying to project like then these are shoes that I assume haven't hit the market yet. And mm-hmm. like, do we want to buy this? You're forecasting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You have to yeah, forecast. Much. That would be stressful to me, man. It's difficult. Yeah. It's, people are hard to predict. And <laughs> yeah. a lot of times you'll pick a shoe or you'll pick some clothing and be like, this has to sell out. Like, this is amazing. And then when it comes in, nobody wants it. And then you're just confused. Like, <laughs> how do people not like this? Yeah. You like the last shoe that looked almost like this, but then you don't want this one. So, it's hard to predict, but yeah. I think I I didn't answer one of your questions that you asked. It was, okay, you were asking me like, 
what it what will I, what will I do now or what's next? Yeah, what's yeah, next? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I will be acquiring a studio space pretty soon. Hey, where okay. I'm? Are you familiar with 400 West Ridge? Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they have more studios opening up across the street. Oh, cool! It's called Chrome Edge, and I'll be getting a studio there. So within that studio, I'll definitely be doing a lot more studio photography. And I've also been writing curriculums for photography classes. So I want to get some photography classes going soon. So that's definitely on the agenda. But as far as like what I do, people are always like, what do you do now? And I'm like, I just, I pretty much say I'm a photographer because that's easy. (laughs) I'm like, I'm a photographer. Like, that's what I do. Yeah. So photography um all kinds portraits i do events uh do you do weddings though big big question i was question. gonna say i'm i've done a few weddings yeah it was never really my thing but being that i don't have a regular job right now <laughs> i think it would be foolish to <laughs> to, to not, not right. do weddings anymore right so, a revenue stream yeah yes. definitely yeah. that is a solid revenue stream yeah <laughs> Although it's not when I used to when I used to take a lot of pictures, I remember weddings were not my favorite either. They're mm-hmm. just so stressful, so stressful. Yeah, especially if you're only shooting by yourself. Right, right. Yeah, so that's one thing. But from the last wedding that I photographed, it was a lot better than the previous one. So I feel like with time and with preparation, it won't be so stressful. You know, if I have someone to shoot with me and I'm organized there won't really be anything to worry about because you know, when you're prepared and you know what you have to do and mm-hmm. you're confident that mm-hmm. you can do it, what is there to worry about? You know, you believe yeah. that you're going to be on time. You're going to get the shot and the client is going to be happy. So that's fingers crossed. Yeah. Preparation. No, it's, it, you know, if you have the preparation mm-hmm. and if you believe in your talent, you know, yeah. you're, you're going to be successful. So it's all good, man. So speaking of, we have to go back to shoes because this mm-hmm. is you're a good person to ask here. Um, what are you most excited about coming out soon from any brand? It doesn't have to be like any particular one. Hmm. I mean, you you basically you practically have all the Yeezys at this point. I've I've acquired quite a few. <laughs> acquired quite a few. Um, you're probably not gonna like this answer because. I'm not looking forward to any releases. Okay. Honestly, I'm trying not to. (laughs) I try not to pay attention to what's coming out that much. I still see it Mm -hmm. because, you know, my friends are into it and I still follow like certain accounts and, you know, I just see things, but I'm not actively seeking new releases or not actively following a lot of products just because I've had so much and, like I said, like with not having a job, I kind of have to move a little bit differently. So it's like I can't be worrying about a little lighter. which shoes are about to come out. Oh, that's fair. That's I don't fair. have like consistent income. So I try not to pay that much attention. Smart to move. That, smart that is a smart move. Yeah. Um, at the height of your collection, how many pairs of shoes do you think you had? Oh, man. Mm, I never really counted like that, but probably a couple hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I always question. have to ask this question because you we've seen pictures of like shelves of mm-hmm. shoes and boxes and whatnot. But I'm trying to think of like where 
Is it climate control? Because I feel like <laughs> shoes don't last that long if you just stack them up like that. I know this is a dumb question, but I don't, I don't keep I, shoe boxes. People, some people have problems with them, but I I don't know what they do. I think there's people that like keep them in the garage or something mm. weird like that. If they're in a room and they're in the box they came in and you wear them occasionally, like they'll be fine. Or mine have always been fine. Yeah. What, um, and as I said earlier, you, you've gotten like to where you've gotten rid of a bunch of these. Mm-hmm. Was there any particular one that you're like, damn, I really shouldn't have gotten rid of those? Mm. I feel like they're kind of often low key, but it's not, <laughs> it's not that big of a deal, really. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not that connected to like the things that I have, like for the right price. All of it's for sale, except yeah. with the exception of a few, like I said, some of the collaborations or yeah, like some, uh, what was it fifth year anniversary Nike bespokes from Soul Classics that I have, like I won't sell those, but most things is not that special to me, so mm-hmm. I don't They were care cool that when much. they came out. They were cool. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I don't regret it, but I I always try to remind myself like it's just shoes or it's just clothes it's just a jacket whatever mm-hmm. and also like if I let it go and I miss it if I want it bad enough I can get it again usually so don't worry too much that's fair that's, that's fair any other questions um I would I would say the 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 thing I wanted to ask about was mm-hmm. uh, your social media presence so how'd you come up with uh, vegan state of mind and the slow motion shots. Yeah. The all vegan the, state of mind things. is like, I was like convinced that you went vegan and then I'm like, well, he's eating bacon. <laughs> like that just doesn't make sense. <laughs> like what, what vegan bacon is that? I haven't Man, seen that one so in the many store. People, so many people ask me questions about being vegan. <laughs> I'm just like, I've always felt bad. Like that's why I stopped. I kind of stopped saying it for a while because mm. I felt bad because I was letting people down. They were like, <laughs> You're you're vegan and asking me questions. I'm like, sorry to break it to you, but I was just joking. (laughs) So it's just like you just try to have fun with social media, or it's just like because the slow motion shots are pretty crazy. Like you've done some crazy ones out here. (laughs) The slow motion stuff that literally just kind of getting bored with doing the same thing over and over. So it's like I don't know. I like taking pictures of like shoes and clothing. So finding different ways to do that over and over again without it being the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where that came from. And like with the vegan state of mind or any other like random stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just think about dumb stuff all the time and it's good. You put it in the thing. Just do it. Hey man, (laughs) it gets uh, the, what is it? The followers or views or hits impressions. I just like, I like titles. I like funny titles and, it's like, you know, we put boys on the end of everything. And <laughs> Waffle funny. boys, yeah, donut boys, that kind of stuff. There was, there was a vegan whole... Vegan boys. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I legit was convinced that... I was like, wow, JD went vegan. This is crazy. He loves to eat. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, not yet. <laughs> not yet. It's um, a hard process. It's... I mean, we... we like have tried to reduce our plant intake and you mean mm. our meat intake or excuse me well, clearly you don't want to be vegan as a Freudian slip um no but beyond beyond meat it's called beyond meat oh, yeah beyond meat mm. would give that a shot it's actually really good mm. it's in the meat case 
at Whole Foods. Uh, at Whole Foods. We're so. big fans. Yeah, it's 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 helpful. It's, yeah, because we've tried we've tried like different you know plant based patties and most of them were just crap and then we found this one that was actually in the meat case which was interesting and it sizzles like an actual burger it bleeds too it's like does it bleed yeah it's like beet beet coloring yeah it is beet so what is it uh beyond meat it's like and it's so that's what it's called like it's called that yeah it's like pea protein beets and like something else but it's meat substitute but it's Mm -hmm. yeah it tastes good Mm -hmm. yeah like the guy who runs it, and again, he's actually on this uh, podcast that we have mentioned a million times. Mm-hmm. Uh, how I built this, the guy who runs it was like, "I think that you can build meat. I, I, I'm a big fan of meat. I think you can build meat out of plants. Mm-hmm. Like I think that that's the future yeah. because of the emissions aspects of meat, and you know, just moral, ethical issues yeah. or whatever. Like he feels like you can build, and like so he spent all this time and money and labs, mm-hmm. uh, like." science uh, scientists rather and all this stuff to try to build uh, yeah he actually his parents are farmers yeah and they had you know cows and whatnot and he grew up eating meat but Mm -hmm. then as he went to college he decided that this isn't what he sees what that kind of um the impact the impact it has on on the on the environment i was gonna the society Mm -hmm. uh, on environment so he decided that he wanted to see if there was a way to build a burger patty from plants, and so hence beyond Sounds meat. Like magic. But it is magic. It <laughs> magic is magic and a lot of manipulation of pea protein. It doesn't evidently. sound possible, mm-hmm. but hey. Okay, final question. If you don't have anything else, no, I'm good. Thank you. Okay, so we ask this of everybody that comes on the podcast. It's the um, three advice you would give, three pieces of advice you would give to your younger self. Hmm. <laughs> Deep thought. I guess the same things that I'm like telling myself today, Mm -hmm. I would wish to tell myself before, but believing, believing is major. And I feel like I didn't really understand how powerful belief was growing up. It was more so about knowledge and just like knowing, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, knowing and believing are very different you know it's like if you ask someone do you believe or do you think you can you know do anything you put your mind to like people know they'll say they know that anything is possible but do they believe it they don't act like it a lot yeah if you don't you can know that anything is possible but if you don't believe it nine times out of ten it's not really going to show you know if you don't believe it you're probably fearful and when you're fearful you're not going to, you know, approach everything with with your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. You know, you're afraid of failing and whatnot. So just believing and not being afraid to to do things and to put your neck out there, kind of. I would say that. Another thing would be to never, you know, never get too complacent, never get too comfortable that could be for professional or personal. Mm-hmm. I found it that, you know, when you get too comfortable in relationships or, like I said, um, with work, you know, bad things happen. Either someone else can step in or your product gets worse because it's, you Yeah, know, you don't think you have to work at the anymore. same level as 
almost just that's just like going backwards almost so mm-hmm. always you know being mindful to stay fresh and to keep trying new things to continually move forward is super important and <clears throat> the last thing is it's like a gut check so i would say think of every day as a gut check like no matter what you know or what you believe like you have to do it you know you have to take those steps you have to work and a lot of times like nothing will get done until that happens and a lot of times i feel like we we simply just don't do things like we don't have the heart to do it like right. i could do this but i would rather relax or mm. i would rather take a nap i'd rather go to sleep or i would rather rather do something easier yeah Yeah. i would rather i would rather do something easier honestly so it's like i have to tell myself that you know the only way for me to get certain things that i want is to do it like you have to go through it and you have to fight through that wall and it's just kind of be prepared for that gut check every day that's powerful because i mean i think uh, a lot of people's, especially creatives, biggest struggle mm-hmm. is not wanting to be a consumer all the time. Like, I think it's mm-hmm. good to be aware of what is going on and, and be influenced by things and be open. But by the same token, if you're always just intaking things and never exporting things, that's not a, you're not getting things done. So, yeah. Yeah. Right on. Well, JD, thank you so much for coming. Absolutely. Thank really, really appreciate me. it. And really good luck do. to future projects, whatever they may be. We're excited thank to see you. what's next. Yeah, man. And that's that. Yeah. Why don't we uh, tell these people, find folks where they can find us? So we are on Stitchers and iTunes under Remember to Floss. Yeah. Please subscribe to us, like the podcast, um, rate us and review us. That would be much appreciated. And, um, also if you are still on Facebook, if you don't, if you haven't unsubscribed yourself from Facebook, uh, we're also on Facebook. I'm still trying to work out a lot of different things with the Facebook account, like what I want to post and all that fun stuff. Um, and then we are also, we do have a website. It's remember to floss.com. Um, I haven't written anything in a while and I really should. I'm kind of falling behind on that. Mm. I know. I know it's Yeah. Well, I did get I did get a new laptop though, which is great. I'm I was surprised you didn't post that up. I was on a I was on um I was using a loaner there for a while and I finally succumbed and got the thirteen inch MacBook Pro with a touch bar, which is like super cool. Um I'm really excited about that. It mm-hmm. was like a long, a long arduous process trying to decide whether or not I was gonna use a touch bar or not. So first world problems, first world problems. But it's true. So far, so good, y'all. I really yeah. like it. I really enjoy it. So, um, yeah. So, anyways, we are going to have uh, some really great shows coming up. Um, we're going to be talking to, well, we already talked to them. We're going to be posting up the interview here in the next couple of weeks uh, with Dom Petrosi uh, from Number from PSG and Number Fest. We're going to talk to him about the beginnings of the Number Festival and some really fun stories he's got behind that. And I'm man. super, super pumped about that one. Crazy stories, man. Um, we're also going to talk to, um, let's see, who are we talking to next week? We're talking to... We got Jacob in the clip. Yeah, we have. We're talk, we talked to Jacob Taylor a couple of weeks ago 
about Civitas now and and how that business even started and where it's going next. That's going to be really exciting too. And we are talking to uh, Meredith from Auburn and Ivory. Um, if you don't know who she is, you should check her out on her um, Instagram. It's at Auburn and Ivory. Got the Columbus Flea Girls coming through. Yeah, the Columbus Flea Girls. Oh my gosh. I went to the very first Columbus Flea. That was crazy. I can't yeah. believe it's been so long ago. Making moves. Making moves, as we all are trying to do. Anyways, thanks again for listening, you guys. It's been really fun this week. And um, check us out. Tell a friend. Subscribe, like, rate, friend. review. You tell a friend. Huh? You tell a friend. Oh. Tell a friend. What are you talking about? Anywho, have a great week, you guys. Have a great week. See you later.